Welcome to the Sway Workplace Podcast. It is no question that the COVID-19 pandemic has affected every area of our lives, especially work. Today, our founder, Denise Bruder, and Amy Young, head of enterprise for Sway, will be walking through practical tips on how to effectively work remotely through these uncharted waters. Enjoy. Oh, I've already asked what day is it about three times today. You know, the problem is there's going to be no start and end. Yeah. So when you get up on a Monday and everyone, kids go to school, we go to work, you come home, there's the routine. This is going to be like one long day. Oh yeah. This is the day that never ends. The day that never ends. So let's talk about something very, very real. Uh, if you are somebody who maybe you've worked remote occasionally, maybe you have a work from home every other Friday. Being assigned to work remotely indefinitely, uh, that's a really big change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it it changes everything. It, it's, it affects you mentally. It affects you physically. I mean, think about how many routines we have on a daily basis, whether they're conscious or subconscious, that are going to have to change. So, Amy, you know, not only are you running our enterprise side of Sway, but we're also very lucky that you are a coach. So yes. give us a couple of tips here from Coach Amy on what can a person, how can they expect to feel? Because I think that's a big part of it, the psychology of it. And then we'll go into the tips and tricks and practical measures you can implement. But what can somebody expect to feel as they go through this uncertain time? Yeah, so it's going to be different for everybody. And that's why this idea of having empathy towards everyone in your life is just so important right now because we never know what someone is facing or dealing with and we all deal with change differently. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. That's a skill you're going to need. You can develop it by pulling back the reflex to make assumptions. So it's having empathy, but it's very much being kind to ourselves as well Mm -hmm. um, to know that, you know, if we want, take myself, sometimes I definitely fall into wanting to be a superhero, right? Mm -hmm. I want to do everything. Sure. Um, In this circumstance, you have to be kind to yourself to know that you can't expect to wear 50,000 hats. I mean, some of us who go into an office every day are now having to be our educators as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So just know that you were all having to adjust in these circumstances. One of the things I've talked about already with people is being able to fill your cup Mm -hmm. so that you can fill everyone else's cup, right? It's this idea of... What do you mean by that? So... The best analogy, and I know that this is one that's used by other people as well, is when you're on an airplane and Mm -hmm. they say, right, if those oxygen masks fall, put on yours before assisting anyone else, right? It's looking at yourself enough to know, what do I need? Mm -hmm. Whether I exercise every single day, if that's the case, you need to make sure you are still exercising every single day. If you start your day with a gratitude or an intention practice, wake up before the kids get up or your spouse or your roommates, whomever that is, to still maintain that sense of normalcy for yourself so that you can be centered heading into your day. Know what your triggers are, Mm -hmm. right? If you know I'm an introvert, I need alone time, you need to talk and communicate with those around you so that they know when you're retreating into your bedroom, it's not, I'm not getting work done. It's not, I have anything against you. It's just, I need this 
in order to survive right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very much like that. I often need alone time. It's, I find it rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, right? So we think about how does the mindset change? So the, your coworkers that you're used to seeing every day that provides definitely some form of support for you, your coworkers now become, it could be your children if they're home with you and off school. It could be your spouse or whoever else is living in the home with you at that time. So your coworkers have completely mm-hmm. changed. I used to joke when I was commuting into New York City every day, I go to work because people actually listen to what I have to say. <laughs> You can sometimes choose your coworkers, but you can't always choose your family. Be patient with your new coworkers. I have three kids at home for people that are listening and don't know me. It's again knowing, okay, my routine, my reasons for doing things, my coworkers, all of these things are about to change. Give yourself some space, some credit, and some kindness to be able to look at your routine and your schedule. So what we're saying, I think what we're trying to say is that that's not selfish. That's actually being survivalist. That's being generous to others. (laughs) Knowing yourself is going to be able to enable you to give the gift of yourself to others. Okay. That's That's a very fair point. So that's a good expectation for how does your mindset adjust and how do you try to keep some level of normalcy, but being kind to yourself and to others and being aware. Let's talk about some really practical things. So I'm brand new to remote working or I'm, I'm digging in, right? This isn't, we don't have a timeline on this. We don't know if it's going to be two weeks, two months, however long it may be. Let's talk about some real practical things for somebody. I think that um, step one is if you are newly remote, you need to have a very clear set of boundaries around your work availability. Meaning if you have eight to 10 hours in a given workday, it's really important to collaborate with your team members and your team lead on establishing your boundaries around your time. Boundaries are your friend, so don't fear them. Set them, communicate them, and follow them. So if your day typically starts at eight and ends at six, you need to see what blocks of time there you're available. So ideally it's all, but however, the one thing we need to be very, we need to lead with empathy on, and you can't assume you know what's happening in somebody's life when they're at home because now their workplace has become their home place. It's now blended. And if you don't have any previous experience, like if you don't have a remote mindset or digital mindset, which is a practice that you build over time, if you're being forced into this world, you can't assume somebody's gonna acclimate with ease. There's definitely going to be some uh, growing pains in a growing period. So if you're that person, we advocate for establishing boundaries around your availability for time, given who's around you. So if you're caregiving with a, a spouse or a partner, a big part's going to be this tag in, tag out system. Yes. Right? I think that's going to be huge. Yes, absolutely. It's this idea of being able to look at your day. If your normal work day is, say, 9 to 5, 9 to 6, still trying to stick within those parameters, but know that even within that, you are going to have to set boundaries around that in this circumstance. So we know that a lot of educational systems are moving to virtual education, where you might now be the one having to sit down with your kids on math, on reading, et cetera. But if you also know that you have four or five meetings that have to get done that day, Mm -hmm. see if you can cluster those meetings into periods of time whereby, okay, I know I have two and a half hours that I need to dedicate to my work, then I know that I have a block of time after that to dedicate that to my children. And I need to communicate with both my children, their educators, my spouse, 
and my coworkers to know these are my blocks of time for the day. Mm -hmm. Communication here is going to be key more than ever. We've talked about communicate, communicate, communicate some more because we are all going to be dealing with these circumstances. So create boundaries even within your boundaries. That's a good idea. Boundaries within your boundaries. And the other thing that we think is really important is communicating is a, is a task. I'm speaking to you or whatever it may be. We would, a couple of things we want to point out is that wherever possible, pick up the phone and call somebody or have a video call where you can see them over sending a text or sending an email wherever possible. Because at that point, you're replicating the human touch point, which you've instantly lost by not having people in the office with you. Yeah. Let's be very mindful that how you communicate is uh, oftentimes way more important than what it is that you're communicating. I mean, think about how many times where you might have in misinterpreted a text, mm -hmm. right? Or the tone of an email. Mm -hmm. um, these are the times when teams can break down because you misinterpret those signals because where you're used to getting them on a face-to-face -face basis when you're in the office, you're not getting that on a text or a Slack message, right? Try and set up the Zoom calls. Try and call someone. We use Marco Polo on our Sway team. It's a great video app um, whereby we can leave each other messages. Um, try and use as much face-to-face -face voice contact to replicate that human experience so that you don't end up misinterpreting or building resentment. When we are so used to te uh, texting digitally or messaging for whatever platform you use, that whenever the phone actually, my phone rings, I'm like, oh, who died? <laughs> what happened? What's wrong? I Somebody's know. actually voice calling me. I know. Um, and, it, you know, we have to revert back and to understand that we, we, throughout this whole process, we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Pick up that phone make the voice call and do not be afraid to get on a Zoom call. We're not gonna live in a perfect world. Our hair's always not gonna be perfect. Makeup may or may not be on, maybe you shower, we don't know what's happening, but you gotta be comfortable getting on a video call and certainly pick up a phone call, an audio call at all times. Yeah, well I actually wanna point out something that you just said though because we've talked about some bigger picture things, but let's talk about you know a few of those things that might not seem as important when you first think about it, but really are from a mental standpoint. So you mentioned maybe or maybe not you shower that day. Mm -hmm. I actually would argue that it's super important that you get up and you still shower every day, right? That you still do those little things like getting dressed, right? Those things to organize your day because the things that help organize your day help you succeed as a newly remote worker. And it's really critical to developing what Denise said earlier about this remote mindset, mm -hmm. right? This idea that we are helping you build your remote mindset and giving you some tips for that. So what are some things that you think um, people should definitely be doing on a daily basis? Right, so uh, a remote mindset, again, it's a practice. You can you build that over time, but here we are. Here's a crash course on what you need to know and do to have, have to develop a remote mindset. One is your schedule is your schedule if you get up at 7 a.m and you go for a run and you start work at 8 wherever the case may be you follow the same routine you approach your day as you would any other day because you're not going on a train or on a bus or driving to an office or wherever that may be it doesn't mean that your structure of your day changes that from the mindset that's a very important thing you follow your routine if you go to bed at 10 go to bed at 10 if you wake up at 7 wake up at 7 continue those those practices to maintain the greatest level of normalcy and ultimately productivity in your day. So you gotta get up, same time. You gotta jump in the shower and get dressed. This might seem like a really simple one, but it is so important. You, There is no lounging around in your pajamas here. In a remote mindset, 
the small things can have the biggest impact. Because I would love to do I that. I'm, I'm crying on the inside. Um, the other thing, I know I've run into this so often because it is so tempting mm -hmm. when we talk about setting that nine to five or whatever mm -hmm. that schedule is, it's keeping those work hours if you can within that. I got caught very early on in my remote working days to, I'm going to throw in a load of laundry or oh, I'm just going to unload the dishwasher so they don't have to do it later. And then before you know it, all of a sudden you've lost an hour because just that simple act of loading the dishwasher reminded you about those five other tasks that you want to get done that you decided to do. And then you turn around and your work day is done. Do you know how many hours I've lost by just rambling around Facebook oh. and an hour and two hour they're gone. You don't, you don't get that time back. No. So I think that what we're, the point we're making is that you have to be very intentional about what you do. So when your workday starts and ends, that period of time, whatever it looks like, you have to be focused on only your work tasks. You might think it's something small, but small things will lead to larger distractions. And particularly in this COVID response era that we're in, where we don't know what the situation is going to look like, and there could be lots of new people around you all day long. You have to be very attentional about where you spend your time and your energy, and it must be focused on your work matters during your work time. And that's a practice. It is. It absolutely is. Um, it's a muscle almost that mm -hmm. you need to learn how how to get stronger. Um, you know, Denise, on that point, what are some of the the tips or the things that you use that enable you to stay in that nine to five kind of mindset? Mm -hmm. So one big thing is I schedule uh, very, very clearly. So we talked about in my mind, once my day starts, I don't even think about anything else except for what's on my work list for that day. Um, wanted to avoid distractions. The other thing is managing noise and managing disruptions. And I think that, you know, we are all petrified that schools have closed and we're all uh, expected to continue with our workload and man caregive at the same time. So there's two things we want to talk about here. One is how do I manage noise and disruptions? Um, in terms of physically managing noise, having noise canceling headphones is a great asset to have, but they are expensive and they're not accessible for everyone. And maybe you can't even get a pair right now. Another thing is just use regular um, headphones to listen to music, some light music. I personally find light music very distracting. So I choose to, you can set up a Pandora or a Spotify free account and listen to binaural beats. It's just, just low level sound that is low enough to drown out all of the noise around me, but it's not even remotely distracting. So when I truly want to focus on something, I actually pop in my headphones, listen to Monero Beats, and off I go. And that's one personal trick that works for me, and that can be accessible to a lot of people through this. Another interesting thing when we talk about the scheduling is really key here. I think that it's really important as much as we talk about communicating with your team and team leads, it is equally as important to communicate with the people in your home. And you may have a spouse that's trying, is struggling to adapt to the same model, and children that are trying to adjust to this world where they, won't, they don't want to fear what's happening and they're also out of their school system. So creating a home schedule is quite key. And I think that what we're working on is developing this tag in, tag out system. This idea that I know at least I have a three to four hour concentrated window where I can specifically focus on my work and I'm going to cluster my calls and cluster my meetings around that time so that if I have to tag in, tag out to care give maybe the rest of my work hours shift over the course of the day. I plan to get up really early in the morning to cover some time or stay up later at night. So the hours are gonna shift, but if I concentrate on, if we can concentrate on creating at least a core group of hours that I know I have complete attention, communicate that with my team members, I think that's a, a formula for success. 
Yes. And I think that also speaks to this concept of being agile, of being able to flex as we go along, because the systems that we're talking about and the systems that even I personally am looking to put into place for the first three to four days, I could get through those three to four days and say, oh my gosh, this is not working for us. I need to Mm -hmm. tweak this, this, that, that, that. And that's where the communication piece comes back in is being able to say, okay, we tried this. This didn't work for us. What do we need to tweak? What do we need to move around? And who do I need to tell and communicate that with? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we've talked about the importance of developing a remote mindset, and that's something internal to you. You can't buy that off the shelf. Nobody can really tell you about it. You have to develop that muscle yourself. And that's what being intentional about your time, communicating, pick up the phone, don't email, text, and certainly don't assume anything about anyone at any time. That's going to be the rules to success. So if you have a remote mindset, uh, you also need to develop a digital mindset. And that is this idea that if I'm typically in my office and I'm going to print something and pop that in a folder, that's not a good idea anymore. You need to save it online to a shared, ideally cloud-based drive so it can be shared and saved digitally and possibly worked on remotely. So a digital mindset in terms of digital skills is something you need to develop that muscle also. Yes, I would say shared documents are going to become a big friend of yours in this environment. Um, If you're not familiar with what that is, um, Google, Microsoft, others um, have systems whereby you can go in, create a document, you're putting in your comments or building your project plan. At the same time, your teammates can go in and make comments and suggest changes on that very same document. So you're all working in the same document at the same time versus having to have a meeting about it or exchange drafts with one another face to face. It's that digital mindset where, okay, how can I efficiently get this done in a way that I couldn't before? That's right. And you know, we're all digitally native now. So we all have exposure to digital skills. It's just actually been able to intentionally pull them out and focus on them as the action point going forward. And it's like it's like saving and the idea of working on a shared file at the same time. So Google Docs is probably a very common, you know, you and I can collaborate in different locations at the exact same time on a documentation, on a piece of documentation through Google Docs. And there are a lot of technologies out there right now that are easily available, very, very intuitive, uh, easy to access tools that you should discuss with your team and team leaders about what you should use to create a highly robust and engaging communication platform. So we talked about the idea of developing a remote mindset. That's your personal approach to this world, new world. We've talked about a, developing a digital mindset, which is how you actually are going to conduct your work in the world. Another thing we need to think about is how do you create your actual workspace? Mm-hmm. Meaning, I typically go to, I walk in the door of my office, everything is provided for me, and I walk out when I'm done. Nice and easy, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens when the whole responsibility from office space transfers to you and you're wholly responsible for it? Yeah, I used to have a guy who's so great, Charlie, who I could call to change the fluorescent light if, it's, if it started flickering on and off in my office. I know, I don't have Charlie in my house. I am Charlie. You're Charlie amongst I, I many Charlie other things. In my in my house. Uh, it's a great point. It's, you know, so often we think that we can go into a certain circumstance, you know, prepared to work one way, but unless you set up that structure and that environment correctly, it's all going to fall apart really, really quickly. Um, what do you find to be, you know, some of those uh, best circumstances for you to work in that you could recommend for others? Yeah. So, and these are things that you can do from day one that will set you up for success. And one of them is to actually pick a dedicated spot, meaning you might go into this thinking, I have my laptop, my laptop's highly portable. 
I can I can sit on the couch. I can send emails from bed. I can work at my home office. I can work from the dining room table. The first thing to think about is selecting, if at all possible, a dedicated spot where you can work from every day. Now, regardless of what hours you could actually work, that's the scheduling issue, pick a spot, a dedicated spot. So just like where you would go to your office, walk on to sit at your desk, do the same thing at home or wherever your location is. Pick a dedicated spot. Make sure, if possible, that, that spot actually has like really good ventilation, a warm, comfortable temperature, and good lighting. Because remember, you had Charlie in mm-hmm. your office to help mm-hmm. you do all these things. Right now, you are an office of one. Yeah. And the responsibility is upon yourself to set that up. And if you do that right from day one, you're you're eliminating barriers. Yes. Right? You're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Things like Wi-Fi right? The, uh, the room that is your office at home, do you need a Wi-Fi extender in order to be able to work remotely? Does that room have great cell phone access, yes. right? Do you have the access to technology that you need in order to be successful in that environment? Yeah, exactly. And so these are the things that are entirely taken care of for you, typically in a standard model of work, but you have to think about literally your desk and your chair and your lighting. Is it comfortable? Does it work for me? Do you have... Pens. Pens. A printer, printing paper, if you would need it, although we're advising not to do that, save everything digitally. But what about, do you need a webcam? Mm. Do you need uh, a headset to be able to join digital calls? Do you need a Wi-Fi extender and a hotspot? How about a USB stick so you can save items and, and pass them on if needed? A lot of these little things that you typically would take for granted, just do a quick checklist. Mm-hmm. And on the Swayze Rapid Response Plan, we have that checklist included. So you can just do a quick run through and say, I need this, I have this, I don't need this, I'm good. Yes, and one underlying point to make there is whatever system you are going to use, especially if it's a software system and a way to communicate, be sure to check with your company's IT department to make sure that you have access to any virtual private connections you might Mm -hmm. need or that you're following security protocols for your office. That's a good point. So these new technologies we're talking about, you need to make sure that they will live, likely live outside your security protocols. So be aware of your data sensitivities Again, just at least document it, send an email off, ask the question. This goes back to the other principle of don't assume anything in this world. Don't assume I can use this. Don't assume this person is thinking that. You need to actually pick up the phone, start a video call, ask the questions. So the one thing we want to end on here, now we've talked about, you've developed your remote mindset. Um, we've developed a digital mindset and we've established a good system at home for a location where to work. I think it's really important to think about just what can I expect in this world? Um, you know, at Sway, we're advocating, we do see a future and a future of work where we're going to, rem- we are going to work, you know, we're not going to go to an office every day. That model of work is moving away. And we see a world where we do have more choice of when, when and where we work. But in today's COVID response er- uh, arena, we're being forced to, and that's not a comfortable feeling. So Let's talk about, if you put your coach hat back on, you know, what can I expect? What are my feelings that I'm going to, that are going to bubble up here that I'm not necessarily anticipating if I'm not familiar with this? Yeah. So first thing would be, again, kind of expect the unexpected. I think we never really know when we're in these situations, how we are going to react, how the people around us are going to react. Mm -hmm. So just kind of be prepared for almost anything, right? It's, it's when I talk about a lot as a coach is, reactions versus responses, Mm -hmm. right? But know that underlying so much of this right now is fear. There's Mm -hmm. fear, there's frustration, there's concern, 
right? We don't know um, what is going to happen two weeks from now. We don't know what's going to happen a month from now. Mm -hmm. So it's having, giving yourself the space and the kindness, as I said earlier, to be able to change and adapt to these certain sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. I mean, and those are very reasonable fears, you know, this not being dramatic, it's very reasonable to fear your own personal safety, that of your family, the future, the uncertainty, very, very real things. Um, so leading with empathy and I think having empathy toward yourself and those are people around you could be a good cure for that or a way to approach it. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I've actually, I mentioned to a client the other day is this is not a bad time to start a gratitude practice. Mm. Um, for anybody that's not familiar with that, a gratitude practice is one where, you know, it doesn't have to take any more than five to 10 minutes a day. You sit down and you literally list out at least five things that you are grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, it can be as simple as, I am so grateful for coffee. Or it can be, I'm so grateful to my neighbor for dropping off milk on my porch because they knew that I was running out. Hmm. Starting to become aware of those things that you have to be grateful for mm -hmm. in a time that you're facing great adversity will trick your mind into start looking for those little things to be grateful for on a daily basis, right? So it takes a, it takes a few days to get used to, right. but if you start by listing out the things that you can be grateful for, before you know it, your mind shifts to looking for those gratitudes versus looking for the things that are going wrong, right? Looking for the things that are falling apart. Mm -hmm. You will start to see the good things first and the other things second, third, fourth. I love when I can see you move from enterprise Amy to coach Amy. I can actually see it happening. I love it. And that's really important. I think those are really great tips because it is, you know, work where you work, the tap your laptop there. These are tools that have their inanimate objects. The real issue, the true challenge right here is of self. Yes. It's a mindset issue. And it's how do we, we're being tested. Truly, this is a significant test on our humanity and how we are as communities. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, we are in this together. You know, there's no one person going through this. This is an invisible and very uncertain kind of threat that we have. And we are doing everything we can to manage. And the nice thing is there is an endpoint. We will move past this. We will get past it, past this. Absolutely. And I would just urge people to go ahead and reach out to us on any of our social handles um, at Sway workplace. Um, you can also find, we did create um, an, a wonderful resource, a guidebook on how to deal um, both at an enterprise level, a, a corporation level, and a human level um, with this. You can find that on our um, on our COVID-19 website, um, and you can also find access to us on swayworkplace.com. Mm -hmm. And just one last operational tip to leave on is the fact that when we are working in this environment, what the newness of it is going to it's going to be very natural for us to focus on the fact that we want to prove that we are available and that we will prove that we are working and that itself will, will introduce a lot of noise just focus on the outcome don't focus on trying to prove to people that you're online focus on achieving the work output that you've set out for yourself and that in itself will solve for a lot of issues that we have Thank you so much for listening. Like Amy mentioned, you can find our rapid response guide as well as other helpful resources around COVID-19 on our dedicated landing page, covid19.swayworkplace.com. And as always, we would love to hear from you. 
Email us at hello at swayworkplace.com with any comments, ideas, and questions. Until next time.